everyday witches emerge from the shadows of secrecy. Broom closets are flinging open and witches are taking flight. Whether you are hiding in your cozy closet or flying with pride, stay for a spell as witch casting with Theodora Pendragon and her guests share magical moments, stir the cauldron and debunk misinformation and misconceptions about paganism, witches and our wonderful world of magic. Welcome to another episode of Witch Casting with Theodore Pendragon. And my special guest today is Annie Emprima Martin. She is a doctor of metaphysics. Welcome, Annie. Thank you for having me. I would love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself because there's so much to you, I don't even know where to begin. I'm a doctor of metaphysics, but in addition to that, I'm also a United States Army combat veteran. I'm also an angel investor and a mom and the different hats that I, I wear play in metaphysics. And uh, But all of those moments that I have stemmed from experiences that I've had in my lifetime wearing the other hats. Which hat would you like to talk about first? Let's start where the story begins. Okay, that sounds great. Why metaphysics? Well, I, I can promise everyone that that was never on my bingo card until I deployed. And even when I was deployed in the Middle East in 2016, uh, I still did not realize that uh, some things were getting added to my bingo card that I never anticipated in my life bingo card. Uh, and one of them was this giant spiritual awakening uh, where my clairs just turned on and I had no instruction manual or forewarning. And it was, yes, let's give it to you in the most opportune time of a military deployment when you can't tell anybody what is happening inside your head. What happened? I started feeling my clairsentience, my feeling cranked up. And I thought I was feeling like prayer on my skin or what I was feeling was the, my senses, the dial for my senses just turned all the way up. I was uh, feeling and seeing and hearing and knowing, but it was very confusing because I didn't have any forewarning that these things are going to start happening. And so I had, I had these very familiar voices return back and start talking to me about, like, go eat lunch with that person, go, don't go there, go here. And uh, I would be in the chow hall, the dining hall, and I would want to go sit to the right and I would feel these, what felt like giant hands moving my shoulders to go left instead, like go down this side of the chow hall, um, not that side. And these really crazy wild like, things were happening while I was deployed and my imaginary friends from childhood returned back and it had been, it had been almost 40 years. And, and suddenly these really familiar voices were in my head again. 
uh, trying to help me understand what was happening. But, you know, when you're deployed, you don't tell anyone because you get a psych eval. Right. They might think you're insane or psychotic or a threat to the battlefield. And so I didn't tell the chaplain. I didn't tell mental health. I didn't tell anyone because, frankly, I couldn't even articulate what was happening. It was uh, these things were happening in front of me and I myself didn't didn't know what was happening. So I'm just trying to uh, figure out whose hands are moving my shoulders, whose who's voice is in my head and what is it exactly that I'm feeling? Because at first I thought we're in Kuwait, it's a Muslim country. Maybe this is prayer because they pray five times a day. Maybe I'm feeling prayer in the air. And coming from the United States, we wouldn't feel that because I, I didn't know how to explain what I was feeling, but I could feel the sensory experience on my arms was was like energy touching me. When you were being redirected, like when you were in the chow hall, did you pay attention and do exactly what you were so much kind of told to do? Yeah. And it wasn't like I was being told it, it it didn't feel like a, a, a like a, a subjugated move or a it was more of this is in your best interest and i could feel that but i was really confused like why and then what would happen is i would i'm having conversations in my head as i'm walking down with my tray of food as a grown adult like what do you want me to do where am i supposed to go and there'd be no answer after it and then i'd see a soldier sitting by themselves and I'd go and sit down next to them, feeling like I'm the awkward older female soldier sitting with someone 20 years my my, you know, my junior. But what I didn't realize is that the, in those moments, those individuals were in a state of, they needed someone to sit with them. And I sort of answered the call, not realizing what it was at the time until much later, a year, two years later, when people then came and said, had you not insisted on eating with me, had you not sat with me, had you not done that. But I didn't know it in the moment. I just knew that I was being guided down the other side of the chow hall. Are you saying that you probably saved them in some way? Yeah. Yeah. One of them literally said that. Had you not been there, I would not be here. So move forward. What happened the rest of your deployment and after you returned? Throughout the deployment, I still didn't really have a grasp of what was happening. So I'm, I'm like, I knew I wasn't crazy, but you still have the conversations in your head of telling yourself you're not crazy. When I came home from deployment, I was completely exhausted spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally. And I, I came back in November of 2016. So this is probably April, early April of 2017. I had physical injuries and I was walking up the the stairs of my house and I tripped over my own feet. And in that moment, there was nothing left in me. There was, I didn't have physical, any physical juice left in my battery to stand up. I didn't have any emotional battery life to get back up. And I, so all I could do is cry. And I just started crying and crying. And I hadn't really talked to God much of my journey on my deployment. But in that moment, you know, my language shifted a bit and I was like, you know, please take this from me. Just take this from me. I can't be a mom. I can't be a business owner. I can't be a wife. I can't, 
I can't even get myself up off the floor. And I'm just crying in this really loud voice. But it wasn't an auditory voice. It was a, a knowing voice. that, And it came in and it said, we've been waiting for you to let go. And in that moment, I realized I was carrying the burdens of so many other people. And in the moment when I needed someone to pick me up, there was no one noticing that I was falling. My my physical injuries, my emotional injuries, my spiritual wounds, no one noticed I was falling. And all of that flashed in these like, like viewfinder flips of images of you're, you're carrying more than you need to be as a wife, more than you need to be as a daughter, more like you're carrying the burdens of other people. My, my internal conversations that I'm having, because this voice that said, we've been waiting for you to let go hit me so intensely. And, it, and that's when I realized I was, I was sacrificing myself to carry the hat for somebody else to be the the mother, the wife, the and I wasn't being me. So that must have changed for you. Did you make changes? Oh yeah, I in 2017 that's when I realized I couldn't continue doing the career path I was on. I was in veteran career progression. I owned a business to help vet military veterans get back into the job field or to, to elevate their skills and career path. And I couldn't do any of that. I went on a two-year hiatus from life to heal myself physically, spiritually. I used up my savings. But in that time period, I was introduced to so many things like books and people and TED Talks that really gave me this completely different, I'll I'll call the, the spiral journey. I went on this spiral of learning about these different topics and then coming around full circle back to that topic to then repeat it. So I saw it differently. Like when you read a book twice and you get a different message out of it. So I was in this like spiral of learning. And in that spiral, I shed more and more of these, uh, the, the misogynistic childhood that I had. I, and I started to see it for what it was. I didn't see it before. I didn't see mental illness in my family. I didn't see. So as I'm going through these spirals of learning, I'm shedding more and more and without even realizing it, without having any heads up or or an email coming and saying, Hey, you're going to be this. I moved into this field of metaphysics, but that was never my plan. It was just when, when you are in that space of healing, sometimes you get floated to another location and you, you just plant yourself like you know, the wind comes and takes you as a seed and you get planted somewhere else. The journey has been wild and intense and it's like a, a roller coaster at times, but I'm doing things now that I could never have known to sign up for. Like what? I'm starting to work with, I'm going to speak in a language that's, that's probably fringe for many people. I'm working, I have access to a fifth dimensional, like academic campus, so to speak. It's virtual. And there I connect with intergalactic 
entities that specialize in different things like human genetics, um, galactic plant medicine. We do quantum surgeries there. I've been doing quantum surgeries there for a few years now, but the geneticist is pretty new. I've been doing um, shifting of energy, working with the subconscious, taking people into a hypnotic state without any hypnotic induction. So we can do things in like 22 minutes that would have taken me hours before when I was using other modalities. I'm doing things that really challenge our reality, but they're very real. And when I, when I bring people into those spaces, it's very real for them. They feel it. And that's an experience they, they won't forget, but with words, it's very difficult to explain. Is there any way you could give us an example of, let's just say, for example, the hypnosis? Yeah. Many layers of this journey that I've been on uh, back in 2019, I was prompted to, to learn Dolores Cannon's quantum healing hypnosis technique method. And it's a, she was, she's a very fringe metaphysical author of many books. So I've read thousands, about 4,000 pages of her transcripts using her hypnotic induction. She was getting these very wild experiences but my energy, as I did her training, I was finding that my energy is too intense. It's too, uh, the vibrations, excuse me, it's too high for hypnosis. I can't stay in that mellow state as the practitioner to bring people through. And, and, and the voice also said, this is for you to learn. It's not for you to keep. You're going to have your own modalities, which I have now. And one of those is that I can take people to a heightened state of awareness where their mind feels relaxed and safe enough to step back and the soul or the internal energy, however their belief system includes, comes forward and is speaking as the the spokes voice for the whole rather than the mind. And it'll speak in in the collective. It'll say we, we, we wish, we, and it's it is a we voice because it's speaking on behalf of all of the attributes. Whereas the mind says, I, I want, I, I am. And I would, I would be talking to people just like this, like you and I speaking. And we would go through a couple scenarios, maybe some, some childhood memories. And then I would ask to speak to the soul um, or if the individual's belief is spirit or source or whatever that may be. And the voice was coming forward. So it's that it, it, it was very wild to think that I could do this, and sometimes the people remembered, and sometimes they didn't what they were saying, but they were sitting upright, no hypnosis, no induction. Help me understand what you did was you took the hypnotic induction and you morphed it into your own modality. What do you call that? Did you give it a name? There's different elements to what I do. I, I, it's not a single modality. So when I'm taking people to heal their younger self, that's the the mural method, like a, a mural on a wall, because I'm taking them through a wall into their childhood to be observers of that experience. So I use the mural method when I'm taking people into the fifth dimensional state to meet with other entities. 
we're going to the campus, my quantum training campus. So it's just, we're going to the campus. Like you would go to an academic, you know, academic university and school of law, school of medicine, medicine, school of business. I have the different departments at my campus that have different functions. So, um, and then there's the, and then I have the Imprima method, which is when I'm connecting in and mirroring in to the, the client or the, the individual, I can mirror in and feel what their body wants to say. I can f- scan their body and feel where trauma is sitting. So that would be the, the Imprima method. You're helping people work through their trauma. That's one element. Think of it like a spectrum. We go from trauma, deep, dense work, and then we go from very light, expansive work. So uh, if we want to, if we need to do trauma work, I'm using a more dense modality. So a heavier modality. And then if I'm taking you up to the, the quantum campus, to a, an area of that campus called the arena, the arena, think of it like gladiators in an arena. This is where whatever superpower you have, whatever clear strength you may have, we go to the arena so that you can see what your gift or your tool looks like, how it plays out in a simulator space. You know, some people have healing hands. I don't, um, the drop down list of what, what people have for capabilities is very, very long. Some people have. Are you saying that everybody has a clear strength? Everybody has metaphysical tools. Everyone. Yep. And it can be off of their body, like a uniform, like how law enforcement might have some, they may have uh, lethal, less than lethal weapons on their body. We have different things in our energy field. We also have capabilities inside of us, uh, our clear seeing, hearing, feeling, knowing. And then we also have a, a access to awareness. So some people can connect to external things for support as part of their their toolbox, so to speak. In case the listeners don't know what you mean by Claire, can you tell us the different Claire's that we could possibly have? So we have our clairvoyance is our seeing, our Claire audience is our hearing. We have Claire cognizance is knowing, the Claire sentience is feeling. And then we may also have our strength in the the olfactory and gustatory senses of smelling and tasting. We may have a combination. I'm dominant in feeling, knowing, and my my less than dominant senses would be seeing and hearing, um, and, and, and on occasion smelling. But predominantly, I'm knowing, feeling. So I combine those two clairs to mirror into someone to understand what's really happening in their body. I know that I am clear olfactory and knowing. And when I can smell something, some people who are around me will not know what I'm talking about because they cannot smell what I'm smelling. Right. And I know the smell is there. I have a very strong sense of smell. You probably also have a really good sense of memory recall using that sense of smell. Yes. Those smells do trigger my memory. I can go into a haunted house 
and smell things that other people who are with me cannot smell. Mm -hmm. Haunted houses are fun because it's not, it's not always what we think it is. No, I don't find them scary. No, it's a story that hasn't been told yet. Like there's a story in the air waiting to be told. Very often we're making stories up as, <laughs> as, as uh, observers of it, but I prefer being more of a researcher, investigator and asking questions. I would want to know what you're smelling and then I would want to go in with you and smell it and trace it to see, to, to experience the trail that like the chapters that are attached to that smell, the chapters of information. I know who is with me, those who are on the other side of the veil, just by smelling them. Because everybody has their own scent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In another episode, I explained uh, that I have two grandmothers. So if the listeners heard that episode, I'm repeating it again. But I have an American grandmother, whom I call Grandma. And I have a German grandmother, whom I call Oma. My American grandmother smelled like stinky old perfume, you know, perfume that's been sitting there for years and years and it's lost its smell. It just has that icky smell. And then my Oma was a heavy smoker, so she smelled like an ashtray. I know when those grandmothers, which one is visiting me just by the smell, and it only lasts for a few seconds, but I know they're there. It's enough to say, it's like the name tag comes in. It's just enough for you to know, okay, got it. I like how you worded that, the name tag. Yeah. Yeah, I get it in my, I'll get it in my teeth. My teeth will give me, my teeth and my ears. So uh, because I feel more, if I'm going into something, the type of pressure that my ear feels in which ear is an indicator of, of a, it's a warning signal, but it's not, hey, you're in danger. It's, hey, pay attention. Good, bad, is it, it's not relevant. It's just, hey, be in the present moment right now. Something's about to happen. And then my teeth will tell me when I'm working with people, my teeth will communicate. I had a friend. She's no longer alive, but I had a friend named Liza, and she was a healer. And she said that she could heal people within minutes. Mm -hmm. But the problem was that she would take on whatever burdens they had, whatever illness, and she'd become very sick after that. So she said that she had to be very careful how often she healed people. In my philosophies, I wouldn't call her a healer. What would you call her? Well, she's taking. It's, it's transferring. Mm -hmm. She's taking on. With my experiences, I would consider her more of a of someone who could transfer. She's transferring energy from one place to another, like relocation. Actually, that makes more sense. So the relocation component, uh, if she'd had a little bit more time, I would have wanted to work with her to show her how, instead of relocating it to release that energy instead or transmute it. Some, what, however, her toolbox, whatever tools in her toolbox, uh, what they could create with it, we would do something differently. The people you work with, do you also train them? Or do you just help them with their trauma? Not that I mean just, but what all do you do for them? Wherever they come in. So if they're coming in because the medical and mental health community are, are not best suited for their situation, 
I work with them there. But the goal is to keep people on a journey of clearing the density, the, the, the traumas, the trapped energies, and then moving them through and understanding who they are in the fourth and fifth dimensional awareness. So at, in that journey, we're exploring what other tools they have and what they can do with it. So you might have like, you know, the olfactory senses. It's like, okay, we have this, and this is, would be known in our, in our culture of what you can do with that. But let's go explore what else we can build with it, how, how it can be useful in other ways. Can we astral travel with it to like be a beacon to get somewhere faster? Can we, I, I want to understand people's capabilities in a greater way. So that's the journey I take with them is when I step in, because I have that researcher curious mindset, the discovery mindset is, can we build something new with these Lego pieces that would help humanity or help the planet in some greater way? So I then teach people, and it's only what they have, what they have in their innately have in their their toolbox, not what I want them to be. No, I don't teach anybody my methods. I want people to understand their methods, what they were meant for. And I have clients that are that are doing some really wild, unbelievable, crazy things because we've had enough time to train and explore and shed old beliefs to do these newer things. And that's really important. We have to shed old beliefs and be open to other ways, mm-hmm. other paths, other forms of reality. Because if we go from three dimensions, that would be six sides on a cube into a tesseract. That's a whole lot more information to take in. And then when we go into fifth dimension, that, that cube of information turns into a disco ball. So we've just expanded. The example I give people is imagine that you grew up being a square, four-sided square, flat surface. And then you realize that you're in the same, in the same family of shapes. You go from a square to a cube. You now have to acknowledge that there's five more sides to you and an entire center that gets filled in or to have all of this immense awareness as a cube and have to shrink down to just being a square. It's really difficult at first for people to recognize that we are, we're living on a three-dimensional board game, but we're not three-dimensional beings. We've just never been shown how to play in this more advanced board game. There's something we haven't touched on yet, but you had written to me when you requested to be on the show and you mentioned demons. (laughs) Let's touch on the subject of demons. Let's touch on demons. What is a demon? What is a demon to me or what is a demon to religious viewers? Let's start with what is a demon to religious viewers? You know, like the ones in the movies. Is that what you're referring to? Demonic, possessive, destructive energies. Um, I've even put a challenge out to my viewers. I'm like, if because there are people who are like, you, you don't understand when I, when I do videos and say demons don't exist, <laughs> like you don't understand. And you, you obviously have never met a demon. Yeah. But when people come to me with, with the request to remove a, a, an entity that's possessing them or a demonic energy, when I talk to it, it's not, it's more like a middle school kid throwing a temper tantrum, but the energy is really not 
intending to be malicious, it's responding in kind to the person's fear and feeding off of the fear. So when that entity comes to me and we talk, I'm not bringing fear. So it has nothing to feed off of. It relaxes and matches me at my level, which no longer makes it a demon. It just makes it more of a chameleon of energy. And even with like going back to haunted houses, some of the spirits that are in the houses, when I really stop and talk to them, they feel angry. They feel trapped. It's just like human emotion. There's unresolved emotions, but once those emotions are resolved, they're in a state to be, to, to move forward in their journey. So is, is that really a demon? No, that's situational. That's subjective. So it's like there are times in our lives where maybe you and I can both act as demons, right? I know <laughs> as a mom, I've acted like a demon at times. Oh, I'm the absolute villain in my ex-husband's story. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. Yeah. So it's it's all subjective, but in other things are subjective too. I've gone and done some really fringe work in the realm of metaphysics. And when I'm talking to sixth and seventh dimension beings and I ask, is that ethical what you're doing? Their response to me is ethics is a human situation. That's a human topic. If it's subjective, then we don't want to play with it. If the rule is not uniform to all the, the levels, that's that's just your silly game, your silly rule. Ethics for me. And ethics for them is not the same because they're looking at it from such a different perspective and a different angle that being that it's subjective has no value to them. That's a, they're like, that's a human trait. That's a human issue. So it, it, you know, we, we find that that subjectiveness sort of transfers into a different branches and elements in the, the world of metaphysics. Most of the videos, um, most of them are TikTok live replays where I was doing something on TikTok, something cool happened for the first time. Uh, and, and I have hundreds of moments where something cool happened for the first time, but I take the ones that I can and bring them over to YouTube so that people can rewatch what they missed. Things like group healings, energy showcases that I, I had done in person. Some of my students are showcased on, on my YouTube channel as well as moments where I experienced something for the first time, like when the geneticist, the galactic geneticist, I was working on a client and the geneticist came in and said, okay, I specialize in human genetics. Let me explain to you what I'm doing. And she, and, I, and you can hear me talking to her and then relaying it to the TikTok audience of me talking about nucleotides and elements of genetics I had never I was speaking words I had never used before and I'm, I'm in the fifth dimension and she's showing me, trying to show me in a very kindergarten way. And then I'm trying to relay back to my audience what she's teaching me about how she was changing one of my clients' DNA. We're moving this, we're deleting this, we're shifting this, and I'm using this language. So I put it on TikTok so people could perhaps help me decode what I'm saying. My my TikTok audience, I go live and I do demos. People come up, they pay, they pay for some time with me. I tap into them. I scan what I see. I share it. 
And then it usually develops into more because that's the, that's usually the diving board. That's the starting point for most of my clients is they come up on a demo. I'm looking at their energy in front of the audience because I am amplified when there's an audience, my intensification is stronger. And that's where we're looking for trauma in the spine or in the body where I'm looking for maybe some metaphysical tools they have and start to understand what they can do with it. And some of them are really wild and cool. And then I'll throw it onto YouTube. These people who come to you, do they already know that they have an issue or let's just say, for example, I don't know or believe that I have a health problem Mm -hmm. and I come to you. Could you decipher what that is? If there is anything? I I could, it's harder. So when they come to me and say, I have fibromyalgia, it's like, okay, let me go dive into your body. Where's the grief sitting? It's in the muscular skeletal system. That's where it's presenting, but where is it sitting? Or they'll say uh, that they have knee problems. So I can go into the knees and look at what the story is behind the knees. They give me a starting point or if they'll say, I have back pain, I have chronic back pain. I'm then looking at the filing cabinets of data in the vertebrae. And I can most of the time tell people how long it's been there, when, when it arrived. But I will ask them like, this looks like it's been here for 30 years. What happened 30 years ago? And that incident is when that surface is up, that's also opening up the folder in the vertebrae to release that information. So that's, that's the starting point for physical. Then of course, there's the the metaphysical side of like, who are we? Well, let's go find out that too. I bet you could talk about this forever. Oh, I love this. I I will be doing this for the rest of my life. This is my life path. All right. So people can find you on TikTok. I am going to put your TikTok in my show notes. You have a YouTube. I'm going to put your YouTube link in there. And you also have a website, oneemprima.com. And I will put that in my notes as well. Wow. You just might have more people contacting you because this sounds very fascinating. It's, it's not the humdrum normal stuff. Not that it's so humdrum. It's not like, oh, I offer tarot readings. You're offering something much bigger than that. And very personalized, very personalized. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you would like to tell the listeners about yourself that we did not cover? I, yes, I I do a lot, as I mentioned, a lot on TikTok and we'll have the replays on YouTube. I ask that if people go to TikTok and they watch me live when I'm doing the live events, to be really curious and to be okay being uncomfortable because Things are going to happen. And if people can lean into the discomfort of the challenge of of beliefs and views of what they believe to be real, if for individuals that can lean into it and watch some of my lives, it'll start to make sense through, through the episodes of the demonstrators that are coming up. But if someone tries to, to judge it in the first few minutes, it'll be uncomfortable. And they'll completely miss amazing opportunities to understand who they are. And they can do, they can understand and learn 
just by watching the lives and watching how I work with different people. It'll help them triangulate what is possible. And this all started when you were deployed. It all started with no set of instructions on a deployment. Yep. Never, never did I wish to be doing what I'm doing right now, but now I cannot imagine not doing what I'm doing. You found your purpose. I, I, I didn't even find it. It found me. It was like, yeah. this is you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you could have ignored it. I, I, I don't think it would have ended well. Thank you, Annie, for being on this show, Doctor of Metaphysics. I'm going to check out your TikTok and I'm going to check out your YouTube and I'm going to expand my world. Ooh. Thank you. Thank you for letting me be here today. Of course. Thank you for reaching out to me. You know, we just never stop growing. We never stop learning. How sad that would be if we just stopped. Also, we're never too old for anything. I have clients in their 70s just starting to understand who they are. And it wouldn't have, what they were, what they're meant to do would not have worked had they had the awareness prior to being in their 70s. So I have clients in their 60s and 70s saying, I know I'm meant to do something right now. What is it? So they're starting a whole new chapter. That's beautiful, isn't it? Uh, That's exciting to me. Yeah, when I grow up, who knows where I'm going to (laughs) be. There's probably something beyond, way beyond what I know now. Okay, well, thank you, Annie, for being a guest on my show. And it's been lovely having you. Likewise. Thank you for joining us for Witch Casting with Theodora Pendragon. Have a burning question or have a topic you'd love Theodora and her guests to discuss on the show? Contact her through Instagram at Theodora Pendragon. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next one. And help us spread the word by leaving us a rating and review and sharing it with your friends. See you next time, and may your magic always shine.